Hello. You're tuned into Geraldo's Edge Game, Episode Five. The premiere, Edging Coomcast slash Podcast, or whatever you want to call it, streamed live via Discord. We're doing it live. If you're not familiar, this is the podcast where I, your host, Geraldo Rivera, attempts to talk about something mundane for an hour while I try to come or at least stay hard. I struggled last week. I'm sorry. I was under a lot of pressure and a lot of stress from moving, but I'm unpacked as you can see. And uh, I prepared this week. I even got the porn queued up. You can't see what I'm jerking off to this week, but I got porn playing right here in front of me. You can just pretend it's you. Just pretend I'm jerking off to your nudes like you usually do. Uh, you look very hot today, and I like that. Um, I like the I like the way you look hot in, in your nudes. It's really nice, and it gets me really hard. So thank you for sending those to me. You know who you are. Uh, it's come to my attention that over the past couple of episodes, I've probably been divulging a little too much information, uh, things that I should probably reserve for perhaps a, a therapist. Perhaps I should tell a therapist instead uh, many of these things. And I, I, to be honest, I, I have. Uh, I have quite a bit of experience um, with therapy. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about therapy. POV, you are my therapist today. And I came to my appointment 10 minutes late. And so you had to spend 10 minutes uh, doing the pre-therapy screening questions, asking me the big ones. Am I suicidal? Am I homicidal? Uh... Depression, scale 1 to 10. Anxiety, 1 to 10. Quality of life. Uh, I'm not going to answer those right now. I think you can imagine how my life is going. You can just project whatever you'd like, because that's what I'm here for. Uh, I started going to therapy when I was 16, um, because, well, let me preface this even further that, uh, there is mental illness in my family. Uh, it is theorized that my mother, uh, has bipolar disorder of some sort and, you know, not confirmed. She would never see a psychiatrist, but it's theorized that it either passed to me a combination of her at least depression passed on to me and a combination of that nature, that natural mental illness and probably some nurturing uh, trauma uh, in my childhood. And, um, you know, grew up with that. 
nice single mom, mommy issues. If you can't tell, I got mommy issues. So hit me up, mommies. Hit me up. Believe it or not, I never liked uh, mommy type therapists, though. I never liked the maternal uh, types, which I had two. I had two, or I tried to, and it was not helpful. Perhaps the wrong mommy types for me, but uh, I was not trying to pay 90 a week for that, for a new mom. But what I did pay for is a new dad. In fact, uh, I didn't realize I had daddy issues, but it turned out I was really into, I needed, I needed male figures in my life. And so I found myself really drawn to the male therapist. Um, and I started to go to one when I was 16, when I had a lot of issues and I told my mom about them and, uh, and then she kicked me out of the house. So she kicked me out. Uh, when I was 16 because because I wanted to go to therapy and because I went to my school psychologist uh, who then uh, called my dad and had my dad take me to a hospital emergency department for a risk assessment to make sure I wasn't actually suicidal. They sent me home, but I stayed with my dad after that and uh, when I went back to my mom's, when my dad went to drop me off, she had uh, packed up all of my shit um, and uh, had me move in with my dad. Luckily, my dad was around to, to have me, but basically she kicked me out for uh, trying to get help. So that, that sets the tone of all of my uh, like uh, attempts to like seek help, I guess, <laughs> for my, for my mental health, for my behavioral health. And, um, but I did, I did start going to therapy after that. I went to a day hospital program where you spend, you know, uh, fucking like six or seven hours. It's like going to school, except you spend like half, probably you spend like one hour doing schoolwork you spend one hour doing schoolwork that your teachers had to like fax over to your, uh, you know, your day hospital program. And it's you trying to do like calculus in a, in a classroom and just like self-taught calculus, uh, when I was 16 and I, and I fucked up, I failed actually. I don't know why I'm mentioning that, but you know, it's a room full of kids trying to like do work while they're like trying out new antipsychotics and like trying out new, uh, you know, antidepressant cocktails. Um, and I was like kind of older in the program at the time. It's meant to be, you know, children and adolescents. And, you know, I was on the older edge. I think I had turned 17 when I started that program. Um, but, you know, I met a lot of people that had a lot more stuff going on than I did at the time. I was just sad. I think I was just like teenage angst, depressed, and also like processing like how to be a teen. I just, I was just fucking around. But the thing is, is they hit me with the whole like, um, so at that time, this was 2011, maybe 2010, I, 
it was still cool to uh, romanticize your mental illness. It was cool at the time. It was, it was actually, I know it's not cool now, but I guarantee you that was when like, uh, what is that movie? Silver Linings Playbook or whatever came out when it was all about like bipolar. Um, bipolar was going mainstream at that time. And I remember, you know, doing a lot of research about it. And I was like, you know, I could just say that I have like kind of these manic, hypomanic episodes because it seems cool. And like Kanye West is cool and makes cool music because he's bipolar. And so I like, you know, went on Wikipedia and just like read like the DSM-5 for whatever diagnostic criteria. And I just remember going to my psychiatrist and being like, yeah, I have these you know, I've been, I, I have these episodes and so they slapped a, that's all they needed. They didn't need me. They didn't need to see an episode. They just were like, yeah, okay. And so they diagnosed me when I was 17 as bipolar. And what happens when you get diagnosed as an adolescent, um, with bipolar is that it tends to, they they don't want they don't want to give you the full one like they don't want to give you bipolar one or bipolar two they give you an, a not otherwise specified which I don't know if is still relevant with the new DSMs but uh they hit me with the not otherwise specified so basically I could just it's just generally bipolar we don't know what has bipolar characteristics but we're not really sure anyway but we're going to slap you with the label so that we can prescribe heavy duty antipsychotics and other things and mood stabilizers. Anyway, well, turns out the first thing they prescribed me was Prozac. And then, uh, I had a, what, what was labeled as a medication induced manic episode. So I may have, you know, it's, it's not that, because the Prozac or an SSRI triggered me is that that doesn't necessarily mean I'm bi I am bipolar, but uh, they marked it down as like he had a manic episode in reaction to that, which is kind of indicative of or it can happen in bipolar people or people with bipolar. Sorry, sorry about my language. People aren't aren't bipolar. They have bipolar. They have the condition. They aren't their condition. I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway, I had a manic episode and I was only taking Prozac and I took all of my Prozac, which I knew wouldn't kill me, which is just, it's just SSRIs, um, which for some, <clears throat> depending on what it is actually can kill you. There's serotonin syndrome, blah, blah, blah. But I knew what I had was not going to kill me because there was no combination with anything else dumb. So it was suicidal gesture and, uh, but was considered like an attempt of sorts, even though I was like, I could tell you I'm not, I knew it wouldn't kill me. But, uh, I, I was, you know, weird about it. I was dramatic and I wrote a Facebook posts like uh, I most like probably love you a lot or something like that like as if I don't know um pretty gay and I remember 
shit. I don't know. I was like something weird happened. I, I was I like left my house. I took the pills and I just I just went home and slept. That's what it was. I went home and slept. Um, and then I went to therapy like, you know, after the weekend and told my therapist that I did that. And he's like, all right. And then we got to send you to the hospital. And so I went to a real, a real live, uh, inpatient psychiatric, uh, unit, uh, in central Pennsylvania called Philhaven. And you can look up Philhaven. Philhaven still exists. I actually almost, actually I applied for a job there and I was offered a job there like as a nurse because I thought I wanted to go back and, and help this facility, you know, for giving so much to me. But anyway, this place was, uh, it's, it's, um, it's just like, uh, a, a barn in the middle of a field. Uh, it's, you know, not, doesn't, didn't feel like a prison. I've seen other psych units that feel like prisons. This one was like, in retrospect, it was nice, but for a teen whose first experience coming to this, this was, this was like for all ages too, actually. Like they had, um, like I think the youngest they had was five. They had five-year-olds, like inpatient, like locked. Um, I could be wrong, but I know it was young. I know it was like at least it was like into elementary school age. Um, but again, I was older, so like I was, you know, I felt like I was the old one of the oldest kids at this place. Um, and they let people in until they're eighteen. Uh, at least in Pennsylvania, until you're 18 and you've uh, graduated. So if you're 18 and you haven't graduated high school yet, um, you're still qualified as a an adolescent. Um, and, you know, uh, I don't know how much detail to go into because I'm sure if you're listening to this, you are mentally ill and you've also uh, experienced a inpatient hospitalization of some sort, or at least have, have gone to therapy or talked to a psychiatrist. Hopefully if you have access to care, if you have health insurance, I don't have health insurance right now. Luckily I did at the time because holy shit, uh, I was wasting money. Woo. I burnt a shit ton of money. I never knew about, but, uh, and I'll tell you why, because I did that first one and that one was fine because I went, my dad drove me actually. It was very calm. It was very methodical. Like my therapist was like, okay, well you just have to go. I'll call. And then my dad took me and I had time to like pack a bag and I like overpacked, I guess way too much. They like laughed at me when I brought my bag. Cause I was told, I was told I was going to stay for two weeks. And so I packed like, <laughs> I, don't know, I was like, do I, can I do laundry? Like, I don't know. So I packed like two weeks worth of shit and they're just like, here's three shirts and like three pairs of underwear. <laughs> like you'll be, you'll be fine. Um, not that they don't throw you obviously like in scrubs anyway, when you first get there, but, uh, they give you a cool sweater. Uh, they get, I, I got to keep one sweater and it was actually this one. This was the one I always would bring to, uh, to the hospital. This is my hospital sweater. Um, I didn't wear it for that purpose. I actually wear this one because I feel like this is more of a therapist sweater or something my therapist would wear. Um, but anyway, so, you know, uh, it, it was a, it was a visit. It was a visit and it kind of threw me for a loop. I was like, whoa, these kids are fucked up. <laughs> I met kids, you know, all sorts of places like in their life, like 
way shittier shit than I was going through. Uh, not to say like I wasn't going through something, but you know, when you're, when you're hanging out with kids who have like had like paranoid, like schizophrenia since they were like five and you're like, okay, well, what do I, what, what am I doing here? Like, uh, what, why am I taking a bed? Why am I taking up a spot here? Um, but anyway, we, um, I remember the movie they showed a lot was, uh, 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 they showed Groundhog Day. They showed Groundhog Day, Robin Williams, Groundhog Day, not Robin Williams. Who is that? Fuck, Bill Murray. Sorry. I'm thinking about suicide right now. That's why I saw Robin. Shout out Robin. Uh, but no, but in, in Groundhog Day, Bill Murray kills himself anyway in the movie. Like, you know, it, it goes over and over. And then the message is like, you know, you have to just improve your life. Like you just have to do, you have to take action to escape the cycle, the pattern or whatever. You can't just kill yourself and escape it. Um, which I think is a really funny thing to show in a, in a hospital. And I think it was really funny just because they were showing it to like teens. It was like 12 and up who we get to watch Groundhog Day. Um, and we would watch it like once they play it like once a week. I didn't know if it was an inside joke amongst like the, the staff there, but because I went back to this facility a couple more times and I'll get to that. Um, and that's how I figured out that they don't have that many movies that they seem, that seem to be motivating, I guess, for, uh, mentally ill uh, children. Um, so they threw me on a um, a mood stabilizer, and they were like, "Well, because they figured out we can't just put you on a an SSRI. We have to put an antidepressant plus some sort of a mood stabilizer to keep you from uh, getting too uh, high, too escalated." Um, and I think at that time it would have been, I think they put me on Lamictal. It's Lamictal or Lamotrigine, which is actually like also a lot of uh, mood stabilizers are also like uh, um, anti-epileptics, anti-seizure like medications. So things like, like lithium, uh, you can't think of some other ones, but those are like the classic, like lithium's like the classic one. And that's truly for like bipolar, but that one has a lot of complications. I don't know why I'm telling you. Anyway, got on a mood stabilizer. They kicked me out. I was pretty happy during that whole visit. I was like kind of like enthused with the, the, the change of pace. Like I just, it was very refreshing to like be in this place where I don't know. There was just, you know, it was really, it was really like a nice vacation. Um, and went home and I was like chill for a bit, but at this point I was like out of school for so long, like already like a month because I was in the day hospital and then I went to the real hospital. Uh, so like, this is like a month miss of school at this point. And so I'm feeling fucked. Um, and then I have to go back to day hospital for six hours a day after my discharge. So I'm heading into like, you know, this is like my junior year. I'm already missing like two months of school. Um, and uh, living with my dad, who's a pe not a piece of shit, but he, you know, I, I didn't live with my dad my whole most of my life. He was around, but 
he was always just like the cool dad that would like pick me up like one day every other week and we would just do like cool dad shit you know go see like raunchy movies you go see like american pie and like jackass and things my mom wouldn't let me watch and we listened to dirty music in the car ludicrous and you know played golf and like you know bowling you know and like and we wouldn't really have to ever talk about anything we just have fun um and escape from my mom's neuroticism one day every other week um and so when i moved in with my dad it created this weird there was this weird like okay like he's happy to have me in his life now but also it sucks for him that the time that he gets to have me is when i like i'm having the worst time of my life i was like you know being a piece of shit i was miserable so i was very you know i was being a teen i was a teenager um but it's just like my dad had no prep. <laughs> There's no easing into it. It was just like, here you go. Here's a, here's a delinquent teen for you to, to take care of now. So I give him some credit, but, I, you know, my dad has basically like lived the bachelor life, like his whole life since as far as I, I as far as I've known him, as long as I've been alive, I, I see him as like just another, like a cool roommate, kind of a cool roommate that also is into QAnon and, and as a flat earther now, but, um, he's a chill guy, but doesn't know like how to be emotionally available. Like I wouldn't expect him to, but like, that's what I needed at the time. It was just someone who could like talk to, um, but he's very concrete. He's very like, you know, he's very simple is how I describe him. So it wasn't like he support, he was supportive, but it was difficult. And then we, basically um you know i don't know what the point was there but uh this is just a whole mental health episode this is just my whole mental health history so we can move forward uh so you know where this comes from uh and what got me to this point jerking off uh on the internet so uh Moved in with my grandma because she had issues and she was like, in, like on hospice, like in hospice, but in home hospice. So she was just like dying in a bed in the living room, um, and she like fell, whatever. So my dad and I moved in with her, and so that was a weird living situation where I'm like crying every day and like going to therapy and trying to figure out my meds and like fighting with my girlfriend all the time and my dad was fighting with his uh his mail order like filipina girlfriend who was like 20 years old that he met in like a yahoo messenger chat room um and so they would be fighting all the time and then like grandma would be like like fucking like zooted in the living room like off of morphine and like um like yelling at the tv watching like price is right just like it was just really like not a good time could be worse it was a house it was comfy but i just remember being so like <laughs> there's just too much uh there's just a lot, lot, lot of like yelling and like crying and moaning in that house and um hit my dad's crazy girlfriend would like call the house like sometimes i would come home at like two in the morning and uh grandma would just be talking to someone like on the phone i'd be like who the fuck you know, and she'd be like 70 some and she was like on oxygen for 
the last like 10 years of her life because she's chain smoked like truly back to back to back like cigarette lit in every room of the house um kind of smoker so she was always on oxygen so and she's on like an oxygen concentrator in the house so she's like trying to talk on the phone with this fucking like nasal cannula and apparently it's my dad's crazy girlfriend calling because they got like her and my dad got into a fight or something about probably him not sending her money anymore and uh, my grandma would just sit there and like listen to her like scream in broken English and I'd have to like hang up the phone for her because otherwise she just sits there and like talks to my dad's fucking girlfriend for like hours just like late into the like I didn't know how long she had been talking to her like up to that point but it'd be like every night I'd come home if I was coming home late um, and the perk of also living there, the, the perk of it living there was that my dad worked nights. He'd be gone from 8 PM to 4 AM. So, which is perfect. Like as a teen is like what I would want is like a, basically I can just stay out as late as I want and just fuck around. But looking back, obviously that's not, that was not good for me. Um, maybe it was in a way, cause it was very different from my mom. So I had like that sense of freedom, but like that definitely uh i probably would have needed i probably would have benefited from a little more structure and having a little more uh someone to supervise but you know for a teen i was like hell yeah pimp so anyway that's why i'd come home like super late on a school night um but wasn't having a good time i was smoking a lot of weed weed stopped being fun around that time because i would you know i was using it to cope so Weed was like fun for like three years, maybe like when I, I smoked in eighth grade, I started smoking. And so by the time, yeah, I, I, had, I developed a negative uh, association with it once I started smoking alone junior year and also like probably fucking around with like the dopamine and serotonin receptors, like trying to balance that out all the time and the mood staple. I was fuck, I was fucking around too much. Um, but hey, you, you do what you got to do to get by. Um, smoking in the car, listening to fucking my fucking, uh, modest mouse, uh, in the car on the way to therapy and, and, and screaming. Um, so yeah. And, and fighting with my girlfriend. So anyway, so yeah, we do that. I was doing that for a little bit and then Thanksgiving came and I, um, took all of my pills again. I took all my pills again. Um, I forget what that one was. <sighs> there was one where it was just pills and then, okay. And then there's this one, which is really cringy. This one's really, really cringy for me to, to recall and think about is that I basically, <sighs> this is going to sound so crazy, but I basically, I uh, knew where, my girlfriend uh, kept her like spare key outside of the house at, you know, her parents' house. And I waited till everyone was gone. And one day, instead of going to therapy, I went to her house and drank a bunch of her parents' alcohol and like took all my pills. And I, uh, um, um, I crawled into my girlfriend's bed and I put in headphones and I listened to Drake's Take Care album through, it's the, through the, the whole album. 
in its entirety. And I, I love that album now. I, I did when I listened to it then, but like every time I listen to it now, it brings me back to uh, being fucked up on pills and booze in my girlfriend's bed at like nine in the morning. <laughs> and I was texting my girlfriend some dumb shit while she was like in school. Like she was still in regular school. And she was worried. She could tell something was wrong. And basically they, she told the school psychologist and they called the cops and fucking cops showed up at the house. And I had to like go downstairs or I don't remember. I don't really remember if they, if I went downstairs or they broke in or what, but I got taken away, got taken back to the hospital after that. That was really dumb. That was really dumb. I was like fully in control. I wasn't like in a like state of like, you know, I, I was very calculated about it. Um, it wasn't a, a like a, a super impulsive thing. Like I thought about it like the day before and the like days up to leading up to that. I was like, I should do that. Retarded. Um, <laughs> that visit was not so fun because uh, the pills I was taking at the time definitely made me feel extremely like fucked like when I took too many uh just too like yeah I was that was not fun um but you know at least I got to watch more Groundhog Day uh and the hospital is really nice up there if in case you ever want a nice uh psych visit and you want you know you don't want the classic style I would say go to go to Philhaven they have an adult unit too uh, and the food is great. The food is actually like A1 compared to like other hospitals because I don't know who the chef was, but definitely it's it's like very Pennsylvania Dutch, like super starchy, like meat, potatoes, which is good if you're like not eating a lot and need something appetizing and like, you know, uh, filling and nutritious. Uh, it's baller. It's bomb. But if you're like gaining too much weight on antipsychotics, it's also kind of a, eh. but Highly recommend that place. Um, not to work, but to be a patient for sure. Um, and I got out and, oh yeah, I got out like Christmas Eve. They let me out like Christmas Eve. And and then my girl, <laughs> my girlfriend broke up with me after I got out. Because <laughs> why wouldn't she? Because I'm fucking crazy. Uh, yeah. And so I had a rough winter, had a rough winter and they put me on, I think I was off for a while. Yeah. Cause, okay. So I missed a lot of school, came back. Yeah. Yeah. So what I was trying to go back to high school, like I, I finished day hospital after I got discharged and my counselor was basically like, you're going to have to repeat the year or, or whatever that was I was just that was it you just have to repeat the year and I was like fuck that and I dropped out because <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot uh I said fuck that and I dropped out and I was like I'm just gonna get a GED or like enlist in the military with the with a mental illness which you know I'm sure happens all the time I'm sure that's what they want um is to give me a gun uh, and so God, how my life could have been so different. Um, but somehow, uh, 
my counselor ended up convincing me to go to this kind of charter school. It was called uh, Lancaster County Academy, which was in the mall. It was literally in like our mall. Uh, and it was, you know, when you think of a charter school, you think at least like it's, it's a pretty well run, like this was, this was like cyber school, but just, you have to go, you have to go, you have to go here for cyber school. Um, and it was like, uh, like in the food, you would go in the food court and there'd be like the kids play area. And then there was like an arcade and like a watch store. And then like right in the corner by the elevators was just these double doors, like tucked away. You wouldn't have known it was there unless I showed it to you. And there's just a classroom, just a bunch of delinquent ass kids from all sorts of school districts that were there for like all sorts of reasons. Um, I think it was originally like an adult for adults who like, you know, got a GED and wanted a real diploma. Um, but it turned into more of like a, 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 a teen mom sanctuary uh, or like dudes who needed to work full time to like support a family or something. And the school, you only had to go like three hours a day and you could just go like fucking blitzed and like jerk off in the bathroom and like smoke cigs outside for your three hours. Kind of sometimes it depends and uh, you get out of there. Um, but I went and it was good. I would just get high and just, and just, you know, do my work um for like my junior and senior year of high school uh and i worked at the mall while i was doing that i was just getting high going to toys r us fucking high shit and then go to school high shit and then go home high shit hanging out at sheets hanging out at sheets and wawa dude uh that's how i spent high school the rest of high school uh, and I was kind of cruising for a while, like behave like mental health wise. I was just going to therapy. Um, I got hooked up with a new therapist and my therapist, uh, like for the first like couple months I was in was, uh, a guy named Doug and that is his real name. Just kidding. But it, actually it is Doug. If you're listening, the funny thing is Doug, Doug, uh, ended up being one of my favorite therapists if not my favorite, um, so much that he actually is kind of like a, we, we still keep in touch. He's actually kind of a, a mentor of sorts. Um, not necessarily in nursing, but just like generally maybe in life we, that, you know, he's a friend too, but, uh, I actually, you know, told, I actually told him about my porn career. I, I was comfortable enough to tell him about that. I do this. And, uh, he was interested in, supporting so i i i send it to him so if if you're watching doug sorry i use your real name but yeah no one has to know (laughs) uh so doug yeah doug was super cool there's a lot that i don't know about him but he was chill he was the emotionally sensitive uh father figure that I needed in my life. My stepdad being the very like the kind of more rough and tough concrete, like I can fix things and get things done. And then my dad is just kind of like the more laid back kind of goofy, like, you know, bright side of life, uh, uh, happy go lucky type figure, but still not very in tune with a lot. And then Doug was the in tune with himself, but has probably some issues going on, but was able to like, 
relate and talk to and was sensitive to, I don't know, other, you know, creative needs uh, and was just more like verbally, you know, was just more verbal. I don't know. Let's <laughs> just could talk, could just have a full conversation that didn't end with uh, movies and baseball and motorcycles. So, uh, uh, what was the point there? Yeah, that I was seeing Doug throughout all this, and he was super, super chill. And I went after that, I got transitioned because once I wasn't in the day hospital program, I had to go to a new therapist. Um, and he was, uh, like, he just gave me the vibe that he was perhaps Amish or Mennonite and then just like went to like grad school and uh, didn't like get a haircut in between. <laughs> like the dude rocked like a legit like Amish bowl cut. Um, and uh, he kind of sucked. He was kind of cool because I, I, I didn't realize like what a good therapist is. I, I, how, you, how are you supposed to know? And that's something I like think about a lot and I try to tell people a lot too when they like go to therapy is like, you kind of, you do have to shop a little bit, a little bit. For a lot of people, if you're dumb enough, you don't need to, I guess. You know, any therapist will do. You just want someone to fucking listen to you. But, uh, you you know, you can't just take any dude that went to grad school for social work and just be like, yeah, like he's probably, probably the one. Um, which a lot of people don't have the time or flexibility to like shop around. I get that, but it's one of those things that I tell people like they should just do, even if they like their current one, I think it's good to just like try another one. There there's, it can vary so widely that dynamic with your therapist. Um, and this is a sponsored ad for, uh, better help. Uh, better help is helping millions of people around the world. Uh, just kidding. It's fucking gay. Don't sign up for better help. Don't sign up for any tele, therapy where all you do is text your some like uncertified like douchebag um making like $15 an hour. Don't sign up for better help. I don't know what it is now, but it's been sketchy from the start. Probably not any less sketchy now, but perhaps they're certified in some way now. But don't waste your money on that, please. That shit is fucking whack. Um you can get better help and I'm saying better help in the regular sense. You can get better help going like on Reddit and like finding someone to like DM on Reddit than you can through paying whatever it is for someone to text you, a professional to text you a couple times a day. Um, just find strangers on the internet to talk to and help you get by. Um, that's my professional advice. <laughs> but not me don't fucking talk to me I don't want to hear it I'm here to tell you about shit I don't want to hear it so uh, if you want a trauma dump you got to pay me for that alright All right? you start your own podcast if you want to talk about your own trauma 
for free. Okay. Um, <laughs> what are we at? 40 minutes in. I haven't whipped my cock out at all. Sorry, y'all. So when I whip my cock out, that'll just be a uh, Patreon uh, OnlyFans exclusive. Just so you know. <laughs> that's what I'm doing now. That's the that's the price model now. Ugh. Okay. So I went a year going to fucking mall school, jerking off. Got back with my girlfriend. Was neurotic. Grandma's still alive, not dying. Don't know why. <laughs> I still have mommy issues the whole time. And then I get depressed again because winter comes and I get prescribed a, okay, so I talked about my therapist, but my psychiatrist, holy shit, they're retarded, dude. I fucking hate psychiatrists, at least the ones in Pennsylvania, but like, goddamn, like, I not like I've had psychiatrists treat me and also I've worked with psychiatrists as a nurse, which I know isn't the full breadth of all psychiatrists, but holy shit, man, they are on another level of like neuroticism. Like doctors are, you know, well-deservingly have an ego, but like psychiatrists, man, they're like fucking crazy. They're so fucking crazy. Uh, and I get it's a hard job, but holy shit. Okay. So I, I completely forgot to mention that they're like the, the psychiatrist, but um, I'll just tell you about the one I had who was like kind of like when I was in my kind of chill period of my life. Uh, and he put me on Lexapro and it was a combo Lexapro and Lamictal. And this guy was Filipino. And so a part of me was like, okay, I'll give this a shot because he's part of yeah, whatever. I guess I grew up with Filipino culture. So like, hopefully there's some can bond over something, but, um, he's just like a weird Americanized Filipino that like loves NASCAR, which is like so weird. I've never met any Filipinos that like, I met them like, like driving and like racing and like cars and shit, but never like legit. He's like fan of like watching NASCAR and like had pictures on his wall of, of just NASCAR drivers in his like, office um and i would just stare at them and uh you know if you're not familiar it's ssris lexapro's an ssri and a lot of them cause you know sexual like impotence dysfunction sometimes makes it hard to come blah 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 and he it was interesting the way he tried to flip that because he never talked about it as like a a, a bad thing. He always would say things like, um, so how is your, you know, sex life? How's your girlfriend? You know, does she like that you're lasting longer in, in bed? Uh, not, and I would not mention that I was, I wouldn't mention sex at all, but he would just like ask me about it, uh, off the cuff. And, uh, cause you know, he just assumed I was prematurely ejaculating, which I probably was, but uh, at the time I didn't know I wasn't, you know, I think I was just, I only had sex when I turned 18. So, uh, if anything, I was just getting, you know, shitty hand jobs and, and la making my girlfriend have to jack me off longer cause she wasn't good at hand jobs and I wasn't good at receiving. I don't know. I don't know. But I was also on Lexapro. So it would just become a, a hand cramp. <laughs> And also I was, it was a lot of dry humping. Somehow I would dry hump on Lexapro and still come my pants. Um, I have no idea how, 
Um, but yeah, he'd always just he'd just be like, "So is your sex life good, huh? Like, you know, you're lasting long in bed now, huh?" And I'm like, "I don't, I don't fucking know, dude. Like, yes, yes, it's better. Like, thank you, appreciate it. Because um, they do, they do prescribe." SSRIs for premature ejaculation, ejaculatory men, for preemie men, uh, which is, I think, kind of fucked up. I think that's a really, like, fucked up off-label thing to use it for is just because you come early. But if it causes you that much stress in your life, dude, just, holy shit, man, I don't know. You got to own that. Like, I can't imagine having to come like coming so quickly that you really you're willing to take a fucking SSRI to treat it. And I get it's used for anxiety and I get that's related to maybe premature ejaculate uh, ejaculation is that you're anxious about sex and performance anxiety. And I think that's way too far though. I think it's way too far. There's too many implications of like what that means for you, like sexually I think it's a, it's it's a different kind of it's like taking a worse kind of dick pill because it also fucks you up it can fuck you up like mentally <laughs> even more um god so yeah when i found that out one of my psychiatrists would tell me about that i was like that's i hope i'm never there but i i come fast now and that's fine i come fast now and i'm i'm happy as it can be um Hit me up if you're if you're if you pre come and you take SSRIs for it. I want to hear your story. I'm very curious. Uh <laughs> anyway, and then I got a new psychiatrist who prescribed me Geodon or no no no, it was um Risperidone. Risperdol. They prescribed me Risperdol. And Risperdal is a hardcore. Uh, it's a it's a more traditional antipsychotic, and I wasn't psychotic. I wasn't experiencing psychosis. I was just sad, or like I was like I was like amped up, like I was angry, but I'm not like I wasn't like hurting anyone. I wasn't like smashing shit in the house. Like I was never that kind of like. You know, but I, what I was expressing was a lot of like pent up like energy. Like I wanted to like lash out at something, and so they prescribed something really uh, uh, numbing, like an antipsychotic. Um, which I had taken other ones. I had taken like Abilify, I think, at that point, and uh, uh, like Seroquel. Abilify is a less traditional one, but Seroquel definitely is just like, it just is there to like numb you. It's there to dumb you down and turn you to a zombie, which is exactly how people described me when I was taking it. Um, but they get, and so this, I think it was a random doc because my doc wasn't in town. So they just hit you with like some rant, some rando just gets to fill in and just like decide like they can just, just like fuck up your whole cocktail. Uh, that's their job. But, you know, what? what's the better option? Anyway, so they're just like, okay, well, let's just try you on Risperdal. And uh, I only took it for a fucking week. And I, like, I 
kind of lost it. And the worst part about it was uh, that, <laughs> so there's this, you know, there's this thing where you can't come, right? Where it's hard to come. Risperdal has this thing called um, retrograde ejaculation, which I don't know if it's unique to just Risperdal. There's, I think there's probably a couple other things that cause it, but uh, it's a distinct side effect of Risperdal is that you can basically, you can still get hard, you can still get aroused, and you can still technically reach climax, but when you do, you don't come, you don't ejaculate. And it's not one of those like, you know, like when you're, you know, uh, you're coming for the first time or jerking off for the first time. Like you have some people get like a couple dry ones. Like I remember I had a couple dry ones where there was no cum. I would just like climax, which was amazing. Um, it's not like that. It's it's like you come and you feel like there should be something coming out, but it feels like it's literally clogged. So it feels very uncomfortable. It feels like you, your pipe is literally getting like backed up like into your balls. It's kind of a weird, it's a really uncomfortable sensation if you can imagine it. It's like inflating your ball sack like a balloon and like twisting it up. It's blue balls times like 10. I don't know. Um, and it disturbed me because I was like, where is that come going? Like, what is that? Like, what is that mechanism happening right now that nothing is coming out? And, and it, I didn't realize how much, uh, the, like the act of the, the motion or the feeling of cum actually like shooting out felt good. Like my cock would like throb and like spasm, like, a, like I was coming, but, um, I guess the cum surging through my bit, like my penis is actually a big source of the pleasure. Um, and that was a miserable week. I always I was only on it for a week and I went back to my psychiatrist and I was like fucked up and they're just like, you we were gonna send you back to the hospital. I was like, what the fuck? And so I went back for another like two weeks to inpatient. So this is like my fourth one <sighs> after like a year. I had like a year break where I was like chilling and then I had to go back. And that sucked. That was retarded. And I found out like years later, there were a lot of those, uh, you know, like mesothelioma type, like lawsuit commercials. I saw one for Risperdal, for Risperidone, and it was that it caused um, the development of breast tissue in boys, in like young, young boys. And so I somehow dodged that bullet. I mean, I got big nipples, but um, yeah. In a way, I didn't dodge a bullet. I could have. I could have gotten a lot of money, actually, if I had just taken it fucking long enough to get some boobies. I'd be fucking loaded. I'd be fucking loaded off a Risperdal lawsuit. But I had to be a bitch about it because I couldn't come, and that's all. That's all I wanted to do when I was seventeen was fucking come. Um, but yeah, Risperdal. Um. So yeah, I got out somehow things got like better because I, things got better after that hospital because I got into school somehow. I I was 
I applied with my transcript from mall school, uh, which isn't even a, like there's no GPA. It's literally just pass fail. And I applied with that transcript and my SATs and I got into a nursing school. I got into a nursing program because I wrote, I probably, I wrote this really like cheesy, like corny, um, uh, uh, letter in my application. Um, and I, I played up the, I played up one that I'm a minor. I played up my Filipino side to catch that, uh, fill their quota a little bit, affirmative action. And then I also played up the ever romantic bipolar disorder and I wrote it very gay. I wish, I think I still have it somewhere. Maybe I'll share it with y'all, but, uh, that got me in and it was the only school I applied to because I just was like, I'm fucked. Like, why am I doing it? Like, it was just to feel like if I, I, so I can just say I did it, you know, that I tried, I tried and I got in and I was like, okay, well, I guess I should like graduate high school then. And so I did that. So I finished high school on time actually. So I actually was able to graduate on time that I, like I would have because I went to this bullshit mall school. I like did like, I basically did like two years of work in that last like six months after finding out I got into like nursing school. I was like, I guess I should do this now. <laughs> this is my only direction in life now. Otherwise I'm just going to like probably try to kill myself again, which I did anyway. Uh, I, what happened? I was pretty stable for a while. Grandma died. Grandma died that year, my senior year. Things were looking up. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I think I just like, oh, it's because I smoked weed. I stopped smoking weed. And then I went to uh, senior week after graduating. We went to the beach and I had a good time. And at that point, I was already kind of aware that weed was like a trigger, uh, at least smoking a lot, you know, was a trigger when I was taking my meds. And I smoked fucking weed. I fucking smoked weed because, you know, because that's what we did. That's what we did because I was hanging out with the art kids. <laughs> I was hanging out with, with art hoes, including my girlfriend. And uh, yeah, and then I got fucked up. And then later, like, I got in a fight with my girlfriend and I took all my pills and drove home. And I was fine, actually, for like a, a minute. And then uh, for like a week, I was chilling, just going to grad parties and shit. Um, but there was a night. I went to one of my good friends, like graduation parties. Uh, and the pictures from that night, uh, I look insane. Like I, like I remember the night being like, Oh, I was like in a good mood, but like in the pictures, I'm like literally like jumping around, like in the backyard, like there's pictures of me just like making this, like, like I'm having a really good time face, like, like in every picture. Um, and I guess I was, I was like manic. I was like pretty manic and I, and they're on Facebook still, which is kind of funny. I get like, you know, every, every June, if I check Facebook in June, I'll get a, this day, you know, eight years ago, you were fucking insane. <laughs> it's like me, like jumping over a tiki torch or something. Um, and that night, I got into another fight with my girlfriend and 
this time I like I don't know what inspired me. Oh, because at senior week, uh, someone had brought Trip C's. Uh, I forget what it stands for, but it's like cough congestion something something. But one of the ingredients is uh like a DXM. Or like it's something like close to DXM, but robo something to make you robo trip. So my friends were robo tripping at, at the beach. At least one of them was, <laughs> and I like went to CVS that night after getting to a fight with my girlfriend, and I bought a bunch of uh, like trip C's, and I took all of them. I took all of them. I bought like three boxes or something. And you can buy them over the counter. I don't know. I, I I was 18 at the time, so I guess it maybe didn't matter. But I just thought it was funny. You could just buy a bunch of that. But uh, yeah, and I took them all. And that fucked me up. That fucked me up so bad. Because um, I mixed that with a bunch of pills in the house. Again, pills are not the way to go. This is the main message of this whole episode. If, if you take away anything is if you're going to kill yourself, do it right. Don't fuck around with pills. Don't fuck around with even like cutting. Just get a gun if you can. Try to get a gun. Um, in fact, no, just if you can't get a gun, don't do it. Um, get a gun and then also use something else in addition to the gun. Have something backing you up. Shoot yourself in the car running in the garage. Do Just double up. Double up. All right? Anyway. So the pills, uh, they did make me trip. They did make me trip in a way that was pretty dangerous because basically uh, I was like, I lost consciousness. And uh, I just want to mention that the last thing I texted my girlfriend uh, when I was, before I was out I guess before I went unconscious was that uh, I texted her I want to fuck you so bad and I think about that all the time if 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 that was the last text you got from from anyone from anyone at all that whether it was your your girlfriend or boyfriend or just a friend or just like someone you kind of know before they killed themselves like the last text they sent was I want to fuck you. I want to fuck you so bad. It was something, I want to fuck you hard or something like that. I have the phone somewhere with the text on it. I never deleted it because I thought it was, I actually thought it was pretty funny. Um, it's pretty awful. Pretty awful. But uh sent that text and then I just went on this trip. And like during this trip, I thought I was in like a, a mosh pit. There was like a part where I was, I felt like I was in this hole. Like I was like being buried alive and all my friends and family were standing around this circle around this hole and they were just vomiting on me. They were just like leaning over this hole and throwing up on me. Um, and then there's another part of this trip where I felt like I was in a mosh pit and I kept uh, getting hit in the head. I was getting like, like elbowed or something in the head over and over. So I had these trips, right? And, uh, and then I woke up in an ambulance. I woke up in an ambulance and it was a guy telling the paramedic telling me to like stay awake. And then I don't wake up again. And I wake up in, uh, the hospital. I wake up in the bed. I'm already like in checked in and everything. I'm like cleaned up 
and uh and I can't see. I'm like blind. <laughs> and so I find out that uh basically I threw up all over myself violently. And I never got to see the aftermath of my room because my dad, I guess, did a decent job cleaning up most of it, but there was still like dried vomit on like my laptop and like various objects in the room. It was disgusting. It's disgusting. Um, but I, I was throwing up on myself and that's what that, that, that image was apparently it was my own vomit. Just probably like volcanoing out onto my face, just spurting out and then just, and then, uh, somehow I didn't drown in that. And then, uh, the mosh pit, which was the way my dad found me is that I was kneeling on the floor, like on the carpet in my room. <laughs> this is so funny. Cause so my dad was coming home at like, he came home at like five or something that morning. Right. And I did the, I tripped at night. So I spent the whole night tripping and like getting myself fucked up. And he came home and he thought he heard this, you know, like banging sound. He heard this banging, this loud knocking. And he thought there was construction happening. Like in our, like we lived in like a row home, like a townhouse, whatever, like complex. And uh, he just thought there was construction. And so he was just trying to sleep. Uh, but he kept hearing the banging, which is retarded. Cause I'm literally the room he was sleeping in was literally right above like my bedroom. Like it would have sounded like, <laughs> Like so loud. It didn't make sense to me. But uh he, you know, eventually like like three hours like two it was like two hours later, like since he came home, he like finally like went upstairs, I guess to like piss, and he just like heard it coming from my room. So he came in and I was just kneeling on the ground and I was just repeatedly uh smacking my head like like against the fucking like against the ground. I was just getting up and then smacking my head down over and over and over and over for t like up two hours. According to my dad is that that's what he, he heard that noise, that exact noise for the, the two hours he was home. It could have been even longer before he got home that I was just fucking thrashing. And my face was all bloody. I had this, like, I, I didn't get a cool scar out of it. I had this big ass, like cut across my nose. I thought I was going to have a badass scar, but nothing happened. And, uh, yeah. And yeah, it was blood and vomit. And I, I probably, I probably shit myself too. They didn't mention it, but I probably would have shit myself or pissed myself at some point. Cause I was out for like a long time. <laughs> I was out. Uh, and yeah, even when I was in the hospital, like I couldn't like, I wasn't like coherent for a couple of days and I just kept like blacking out and I would just wake up and like, I would wake up and like someone would be trying to like feed me uh, I'd be trying to eat jello or something and then just like throw up on myself and then just black out again. I think they put me on a, <laughs> and then there was one dis distinctly. I remember that I woke up and someone was just wiping my ass. Someone was just cleaning me, <laughs> which was my first time, like my first hospitalization for something like even remotely like medical, like serious was that so that was my first time getting my ass wiped since you know i was a child it's interesting um and then that was because i had graduated high school i was now eligible for a 
uh, adult inpatient at a medical facility. It wasn't, I didn't get to go back to Philhaven, my favorite, my favorite facility of all time. I got to go to the general hospital's uh, rinky dink psych unit. Um, this was around, I remember I spent 4th of July that year in, in the hospital. Um, and that one scared the shit out of me. I think I talked about it before, but just because, you know, you, you see people in there that you realize it's like, this can be a lifelong pattern where you can just keep coming back over and over and over to this hospital. And I met those people. I met those people that, and, and for good reason, they are suffering and they're like struggling with something they can't, it's really like out of their control and meds can't fix it all. And there's so many limitations with like social services that just can't fill in the gaps for them, like getting them like housing and blah, blah, blah. We don't have to get into it. We don't have to talk about homelessness or anything right now, you know, in relation to mental health. But I met a lot of these people my first time, like really talking to the adult. And I was like, I saw myself being like, okay, I could, this could be me. Like, this could be my future if I don't kill my, either don't get my shit together or kill myself correctly, you know, one or the other. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, that one scared the shit out of me. Um, there was a guy I played ping pong with. I don't know what his issue was, but every day, my favorite part of that visit was just every day we would play ping pong. He would want to play ping pong. And we would rent out the the paddles and like the ball and he would get mad. Like he would, like, it was like, we were just playing casually. You know, I'm not good. I'm not good at ping pong, but we would play and he would like either fuck up or whatever. I'd, I'd score a point and he would either like, he would like chase the ball. He would like immediately grab the ball or tell me to hand it over to him. And as soon as I would give it to him, he would put it on the table or on the ground and he would just smash it with uh, the paddle every time we played. And somehow they, every day we would just ask again and they would give us another uh, paddle and ball. They just like didn't care. And so every day I got to play ping pong with this guy who had, you know, some anger issues or something. Um, and I met a guy who like, apparently like, it's just like a weird story that he like took a wrong pill and it ended up being fucking like methadone. Like he thought he was taking like Tylenol and apparently somehow methadone got into like the Tylenol or aspirin bottle. And like methadone isn't even something like, I mean, you can take it, recreationally I guess but he took it and like fucking OD'd <laughs> essentially and they thought he was either trying to kill himself or whatever either way he needed rehabilitation and we all just thought he was bullshitting like you know and he was gone he was gone the next day he like told his story and I guess it was true <laughs> just accidentally take methadone it's fucking insane uh <laughs> That was actually a really awful visit because family, this time, like family visited before from like, you know, New York and like Jersey and stuff. But this time for some reason, it like, it really, really hit me because they came to the hospital before they visited like my mom or something. But this time they like came to the hospital. They drove like four hours just to see me for like 10 minutes. And like, I don't have anything to say to you. Like it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I want, I need to be alone. I want to turn them away, but because you drove four hours, I guess I'll like see you. 
like why do you, I, you know i get they're being supportive but it's like it's not a good time it's not a good time for for extended family to come see me uh and you know and then girlfriend and like all my friends some of my friends visited and like it was dumb it felt really it felt really shitty it felt really shitty uh Yeah, and I had no brain damage, apparently, somehow, after that. Apparently, I didn't, I didn't fuck up my head that much. And then, uh... I distinctly remember jerking off to, uh... What's her name? What's her name from The Office? I don't know what else she is. She's in... Is, it, is her name Mindy? Like, her real name? The Indian girl from The Office. She had a... <laughs> I think it was a... She was on a magazine. She was in like... She was in like Reader's Digest. And I jerked off to a Reader's Digest and came in it. And I, it was her. She had big boobies in it. I don't know why that sticks out in my head so much. But I remember I definitely... Did that and I wrote a lot of like shitty poetry for my girlfriend and I would journal. I got really good at journaling and writing sad, mopey things, whiny things. I got good at whining. That's what I paid for. Thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars because I'm a fucking idiot. Uh, oh, and uh, yeah, because it was 4th of July. I remember like, you know, all the glasses like soundproof there. And so we had to like, <laughs> we all like crowded around this like little, like they're like slits they're you know they're like they're kind of like prison windows where it's like it's like it's like that wide but like really tall and so we were all kind of like stacked up on each other to like look out the windows to see like the corner of like a firework and you would hear the like the like the faintest like <laughs> when they would go off it was just a, a up ah <sighs> those are good times um yeah. And then I went to college. <laughs> I went home. I went home after that and just stayed home for like the last month of summer. And did not, we didn't resolve anything with my mom or dad. We had a lot of issues, obviously, that happened in between that I didn't get into for the sake of time. But it just left things kind of unsettled. And then I went to college and to this day I have been left relatively unsettled um but that was when i started exploring other therapists because i needed it and they suck a lot of them suck i got lucky with my first two and it went downhill from there so keep trying but know that a lot of them do suck and it's a lot of trial and error so if you're on the hunt for a therapist I feel for you. If you don't have one, I feel for you too. I don't think I'm going to get another one. It's to a point where you know what they're going to say, or at least you know what you would want a therapist to tell you. And you can just tell yourself it. You can just tell yourself what you think you need to hear. If you're sound of mind, of course, uh, which I'm probably not, but I trust myself enough now. I have a clear direction in life, if you can't tell. 
uh, I know exactly where I'm going and what I'm doing. So who needs therapy? Um, I think that's it. I feel a lot better. How do, how do you feel? Sorry we went over time today. Thanks for letting me talk extra. I hope you don't bill me for the extra 20 minutes. Um, I'll see you next week. We'll do the same thing. Perhaps you can, you can jerk me off next time. That'd be nice. Uh, any housekeeping? I got a new computer. I got a new gaming rig with the RGBs. So hopefully I'll actually be able to edit in like a timely fashion. I've been working with like a, a gaming PC from like 2013 like arrow in terms of hardware, which is sitting there in the corner. Um, and I just bought some RG RGB sick gamer rig from uh, a US Marine today from offer up. So hopefully I can finally finish the room because that shit takes forever to process. There's so much going on. And uh, um, 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 if you want to play Halo, hit me up. I just downloaded Halo, Halo Infinite. I'm going to be on that. And maybe I'll make some sick gamer content. Jerk off while I game. I don't know if that's doable. Probably not. I'm going to try though. I'll probably try. Let me know what you want me to play. Hopefully something one-handed. <laughs> something I can just do with the left hand, hopefully. Um, and other than that, I'm just chilling. Fuck nurses still, dude. I hate my job. I hate my job, so please hit me up on the OnlyFans. Uh, I'm begging for money now. I'm begging for money so I can quit my job. Not going to quit. I'll probably always still work it, but I want more time to do this. I want more time to edit and jerk off and make funny videos because that's right now my only uh, like pleasure in life. And uh, you're my therapist, so you should subscribe to my OnlyFans. <sighs> God. Oh, God. What will I do? about my therapist with the big titties that's what I'm talking about mm, yeah I'm so fucking sad mm, yeah I hate my dad mm, yeah I hate my mom too yeah <laughs> yeah I hate my girlfriend yeah yeah I hate school and I hate my job damn uh, oh, and I, uh, I'm off my meds now. I've been off meds since, uh, 20, 2017. I've been clean. Uh, the journey, I don't know. I think, uh, shrooms, 
Shrooms helped a lot, actually. <laughs> didn't cure me. Didn't, you, you know, I'm still sad, but uh, shrooms definitely gave me a, put me on an upswing. Put me on an upswing, which I've been like kind of coasting off of for a while. Um, and I just do shrooms once in a while just to kind of like level myself. I don't know how good that is or not. I mean, it makes me cry every time and like, you know, imagine the worst shit, but you know, Hey, I'm still here. So I would say, give it a shot. Even if you're susceptible to schizophrenia, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. YOLO. <laughs> who knows I'm still young there's plenty of time for me to uh, have another episode this might just be a nice peaceful time in my life that I'm giving credit to shrooms for apparently but <sighs> I'm gonna buy shrooms I'm gonna buy more shrooms and I'm gonna do my next show on shrooms for you I actually thought about doing a show on shrooms or not on shrooms, but uh, last time I tripped acid, which I recorded, I recorded like most of my trip, but I was like trying to uh, stream. I was trying to get on stream mate the whole time, like for like a, for a good, like 30 minutes. I was like, I can't figure out how to fucking start the stream. And it ended up just recording myself, like dancing to like Shakira in my room and that video will come out eventually. OnlyFans exclusive. <laughs> and that's actually what motivated me to do the podcast. I actually like had this like, uh, I was kind of making fun of like, I think I was like mocking it. But like when I was tripping on acid, I was like, I need to, What's what can I do better with like my videos, you know, like what am I going for with my videos? And it's that I'm going for two of the most simple pleasures in life are, are coming and laughing. And I mean, that's always been like what I've been trying to do is combine those in a, in a very accessible way for free. But I was like, how can you step it up a level? And I was like, you got to do it. You got to do it live. Do it live. Joe Rogan live. Um, and I was like, I guess I'll just do, I need a, to do it, do a podcast. I don't know. Like, I, don't, I was like, I'm not going to just do like cam shows forever. You know, there's only, there's so many things you can't do with that. But uh, this I can do whatever. I'm not doing a whole lot yet, but I'm just learning how to, how to talk <laughs> and jerk off. I think I need practice doing this still. I thought I was good at it because I can make videos of me. But for some reason, even though nobody's watching this live, um, just the idea that someone could be is makes it difficult. It makes it really difficult. <laughs> um, but again, yeah, hit me up on the Discord if you want it. I might just make it public because so far there haven't been any weirdos and I don't really care what happens in it. I've already had some very homophobic uh, 
members in the chat, homophobic, I think maybe transphobic, maybe some racist. I'm racist in it. If you want to see me be more racist, hit me up in the Discord. <laughs> um, and hit me up on Instagram. Hit me up on Snapchat. You're probably watching this on X videos. If you're one of my old therapists, hey, what's up? Thanks for coming to see me. I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for your help. Thanks for the coping skills. I really appreciate it. I'm using one of them right now. When, when I was in day hospital, when I was like 17, I remember there was this, uh, this kid who I was friends with and uh, every day they'd make you write down like your coping skills that you're going to use like for a, like a, not an emergency plan, but like uh, if you're escalating, you know, things you could do to cope and who you would call. And uh, he wrote, one of his coping skills was he was going to jerk off. I don't know if he wrote jerk off or masturbate or if he used other words, but uh, I was like, yeah, that's funny. And he like submitted it. And uh, the the guy working was like a therapist or something. He's like, he's like in a really nice, like professional tone. He's like, well, like masturbating is like a really, you know, it is a valid like coping skill. We can't like, actually submit that because uh, insurance companies like we have to submit this to insurance and we have you know they want to see that you're like, actually taking it seriously so like you can just write like literally anything else but um just want you to know like that's totally valid but like we just can't have it for uh insurance purposes on paper and i think about it all the time uh that masturbating was validated as a, a totally good coping skill so just keep that in mind, you know, as much as I guilt you for watching porn and jerking off like a loser, uh, it's better than killing yourself, I guess. <laughs> okay. I'm going to come now. Thanks for tuning in. Wow.
god. Oh my god. Oh yeah. God, fuck. Oh, my fucking God. I want to fucking come so bad. stretch oh, I'm gonna stretch before I stream next week okay hope that was enjoyable <laughs> I'll see you next week hit me up though for real hit me up I'm serious come and find out you gotta just gotta hit me up though. You don't know what you're missing out on. Just hit me up. Bye.